spirit lead. I was not trying to manipulate something. I was not trying to plan something out. I was just letting God do it. And it just so happened that on resurrection day, it just so happened on resurrection day that God had ordained before the foundation of the world that we would get to touch on Genesis 21, which is 25 years later in Abraham's life that he receives what a promise that God would fulfill as he would time it perfectly with the promised Messiah of resurrection. Jesus said in John chapter 11, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. The Greek word there for, this is important, I share this with you. The Greek word for resurrection is the word anastasis, which means to stand again. The Greek word anastasis means Stand again. The word Anastasius means what, saints? Because of Jesus, we can stand again. There is not a demon in hell that can stop what God has set in motion. Oh, he might stop me. Oh, he might mess me up. But I tell you what he won't mess up is the power of the Lord Jesus Christ in me when I am doing what God has told me to do. Come on, somebody. And since God is going to lead us this way, I want you to see, this is so good. Anastasius, Anastasius, stand again, stand again, stand again. Here's what it's about, Genesis 21. And, and if you got a phone, you can go right there. If you got a Bible, it's even much easier. You just start with the beginning and just open that thing up. And you're about there. And we're going to take this, I believe the Lord's going to lead us right into the resurrection. And we'll see how this works. And by the way, I just want to say this in scripture, not trying to put down God's word in any way. I don't mean this, so please don't take it this way. But it is quite a letdown out of all these nine chapters of buildup. We get to Genesis 21, and here comes our man Isaac. And it's just pretty boring. You read it, you go, that's it? It's like Christmas. All the build-up, all the pounds that I put on, it's none of your business. All the things going on, and then Christmas Day is there, and you open a couple gifts, and then you just look at each other. And you're like, that's it? That's it. You step with me on this, and it's a new fit in place. She said, can I trade in? Children. Yet 
God's word, his faithfulness is shown in his word, his faithfulness is shown in his promise. We see that in Genesis 21.1. We also see that there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. There is only one person who can cut a covenant, and his name is Jesus. It was him who satisfied the wrath of God in Isaiah 53. It was him in Galatians 3.13 that he became a curse for us. He redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Oh, by the way, he who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. 2 Corinthians 5.21 It was Jesus that fulfilled the promise because God said in Matthew, as he spoke through Jesus, he said, be ye perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. At the end of Matthew 5. And nobody can do that but Jesus. And then we see God's timing. His attention to detail. At the right time, he sent Isaac. At the right time, God did birth. Listen, Romans 5, 6 says this. You see, just at the right time, while we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. God's faithfulness, the picture of it is in Jesus. Every promise that God made is in Jesus. It is fulfilled. And you think I'm just pontificating this. Let me just show you scripturally. 2 Corinthians 1.20 become very dear to my heart. And I pray that you would pray over this today. That it would become dear to you as well. 2 Corinthians 1.20 For no matter how many promises God has made, they are what, saints? Notice what he says. They are what, saints? In who? So through him, through Jesus, the amen is spoken by us through the word of God. When you get done praying, you say, in Jesus is what? And then you say what? See, when you said in Jesus' name, you just said, God, what else? Somebody gave me a note. They're so sweet. I get notes in my Bible, by the way. I want y'all to know that. People are so kind to me. They give me notes of encouragement, and I love it. See, what happens is, is that every time we say in Jesus' name, we are saying, God, we're praying about this situation. We're going to trust you in this situation. And we say amen because we believe that Jesus is the fulfillment of every promise. So every time we do it, like my brother did, we're saying that Jesus, you are Lord. So if Jesus, if the resurrection means stand again, and, and the only way that we can stand again, that is look forward, the only way we can do that is in Christ. How do we do it? I want to give you a popular passage. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 3. Hebrews chapter 12. If you'll turn there with me. Hebrews 12 or on your phone, whatever it's the easiest that you have. Hebrews chapter 12. You might remember this. After this, this chapter of faith, he summarizes it all. He summarizes it with the word therefore in verse 1. He says this, therefore, since we are surrounded, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of what, saints? He says, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles us. This is a beautiful passage about what it is to walk with Christ. Listen, today, my prayer is today that no matter what, we'll just fix, fix our eyes on Jesus. Look what he says, it easily entangles us and let us run with perseverance. It's not a sprint, it is endurance, and sometimes it is a crawl, somebody.
scorning or despising and shame, and set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such work, uh, excuse me, endured such opposition from sinners. And love this in verse 3, so that you will not grow weary and lose what? Heart. That is my prayer today. Because of the resurrection, we have a chance to fix our eyes on Jesus. I want to just give you something. These notes are on Facebook in some of the church. But I want to give you this. Fixing our eyes on Jesus means this. Are you ready? The word fixing means this. It's to, it means to look away. This is beautiful. It means to look away from all else. When I fix my eyes on Jesus, I look away from all else. Now, let, let me break it down for you. Okay? So, ladies... Here's your chance to really judge him. Just to go girl time. Just girl time. Just really just sit around. Stay in the bathroom for three hours. And talk about the company you were with. Okay. Alright, so. If I fix my eyes. See, here's what happens. I notice one day. Now, my kids right now.
like when I was drinking. I'll never do it again. Oh, but that chocolate bar is calling me. That chocolate fountain. You know, that thing's next to Jesus. All right, so my point, my point is, if we can't walk after a stubbed toe, how can Jesus jog? But on the first day of the week, first day, Shabbat, uh, Shabbat's on Saturday. Here we go. That Sunday is the first day of the Jewish calendar. Early in the morning, that's why people go, sunrise, woo-woo, I slept in, you have fun. All right, here we go. But on the first day of the week, at, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And I love that Luke talks about women, if you see the end of 23, ladies and gentlemen, the reason why he brought women there first because in the court system there in that secular evil system they thought women were liars yet Jesus appeared to them first that's what he thought about you ladies he was redeeming them in there but on the first day of the week at early dawn they went to the tomb taking the spices they had prepared and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb but when they went in they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. It was just a spirit that was raised people. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzle, or some of you would like to say, the dazzle apparel. As they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, looking in dead places, the men said to them, why, oh, this is good. Why do you seek the what, saints? Among the what? We got to quit fixing our eyes on dead things. Dead things will mess us up. Dead things always have us going back. But when Jesus shows up, the resurrection is real in our life. Listen, when the resurrection, because of Jesus' resurrection, I now look away from all other things and look to the only thing that matters, which is him. Look away from all else. And the challenge today is to look. The, the, the world wants us to look at dead things. The prince of the air wants to change your conversation. And he wants you to perceive dead things. They're talking about them. They're running me down. They're doing these things behind my back. This nervousness. This uneasy feeling. I want you to know that when you walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, though you might fall seven times, there is a resurrection. There is a resurrection over everything. Listen, he, the Bible says that Jesus defeated every enemy, even the last enemy, which is death. There's not an enemy that Jesus can't defeat. And by the way, let's talk about those enemies because that's what's happening. The world wants to go back to dead things. Stop looking for the living among the dead. We cannot go into relationships and marriages and jobs and careers and parenting priesthood of believers we cannot shepherd people well looking to dead things but the resurrection calls us to look away from everything else and what are these enemies what are these enemies I mean let's just think about this for a moment uh, because of the resurrection resurrection we can look away from condemn condemnation and look to look to cancellation Think about what God has done. He now, therefore, now there is no condemnation for the we can look away. Listen, Barabbas stood there condemned and in chains, and he thought he could get himself free. But the one person, the only person, the King of Kings that could set him free was Jesus. And like I said, and Judas Smith said it, and I've said it before, Jesus had to become like Barabbas. So Barabbas could.
John, don't jump the fence and go in the pool. I know not what to do, but I do it. Jesus canceled. Look what it says in this verse. By canceling, I love verse 14. Come on, somebody, I'll make you do a lap. By canceling the record of debt that stood against us with his legal demands, this he set aside, nailing it to the cross. There's no more condemnation. There's only cancellation in the resurrection. Oh, by the way, the resurrection takes me away from humiliation or, defer, or being deformed. Humiliation and has me look into glorification. Look at Mark chapter 10. Turn your Bibles and your phones to Mark chapter 10, verse 48. Just look here at the power of the gospel, the resurrection, and what it does for us. Mark chapter 10, verse 46 through 52. Just powerful to see what God does in this Verse 46. And they came to Jericho. And as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples, a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, a son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. Remember, he Jesus, because of the resurrection, he takes away our humiliation and focuses us on glorification. Look what he says, 47. Verse 47. And when, I love this. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, listen, if a blind man can focus, so can I. You didn't hear the metaphor. We might be blind by all the things in this world, but God has set us free to look in our hearts. It's not with my eyes that I see Jesus. It's I live by heart, trust, faith in him. Jesus Christ is the Lord. 
The same ones that will shame you will bow in front of the Father. Focus. Turn away from everything else. Look away from everything else. And look to the resurrected King. Resurrection, Jesus' resurrection, takes away our shame and sets us free. It takes away our humiliation and brings glorification. Oh, I love what it does. It, it takes away our condemnation and brings cancellation. I can go on. It takes away our isolation and brings us into unification. What the enemy does, right? Jesus destroyed every enemy. The enemy wants you to be isolated. The enemy wants you to look away from Jesus in the resurrection and start looking to yourself and saying, nobody likes me. Nobody cares for me. Nobody's around me. That's what the enemy does. Nobody's really for me. Listen, I want you to know something. If you look to Jesus and realize that he's for you and not against you, for God so loved the world that he gave. He didn't come to condemn. He came to save. Jesus, that very night in Matthew 26, 31, Jesus told his disciples, he said, this very night you all will fall away on account of me. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. Jesus was in a place of isolation. But through prayer, got him in unification. Jesus is defeating the enemy of condemnation. He's defeating the enemy of humiliation. He's defeating the enemy of shame. He's defeating the enemy of isolation. And look what he does. He brings unification. Revelation 5, 11 says, Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands, and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. Revelation 7, 9. I love this. And after, after this, I looked, and before me was a great multitude that no one could count. Unification. That's what Jesus sees. From every nation, tribe, people, you have brothers and sisters you don't even know you have. The Bible says there's a friend who sits closer than a brother. I know he's talking about Jesus, but let's be honest. For some of us in here, sometimes the people of God are closer to us than the blood relative that we have. Standing in the throne before the Lamb, they were wearing white robes. Holy Father is in their right hands. Oh, Jesus is defeating the enemy of unfairness. Resurrection takes away our focus of unfairness. And it lets God be the judge. Bless those who curse you. Jesus, his resurrection, destroys the enemy of betrayal. Even Peter betrayed Jesus. One of his closest three friends, even his family members betrayed him. When he preached his first sermon in his hometown, they took him to a cliff to kill him. And he walked right through it because it was not his time to lay down his life. Then the resurrection destroys the enemy of loneliness. It destroys the enemy of isolation. It destroys the enemy of unfairness. It destroys the enemy of betrayal. And many of you in this room have been betrayed by so many people. But my favorite one is it destroys the enemy of death. The last thing. When you're ready to take the Lord's Supper, and when you take this cup, and you eat this bread, Give with your family and friends. Nobody should take it. And some of you don't say, I don't even know anybody. Listen, that's called the family God. We're, we're gonna, this stuff will be out here for you. It's in the back as well. And this stuff will be an option for you to take because you're celebrating Jesus' victory over death. Some of you were at the funeral yesterday when we buried little Michaela, 32 days old, right? The one we've been praying for, right? Why you ask why? It's because God has 
today, the time that I think is the most holy time of year, is we just come and we pray. Just give the Lord something. So we're just coming, we're going to take it. And if you come in groups, it's in the back as well. There's tables in the back, and it's down here in front. And you just get it, get a piece of bread, get a cup. I want you to go off to the side with friends. If you don't know somebody, hey, if you see somebody standing around, go get them. It's legalized stalking today. Pray with them. Read the scripture.
concerning the, the body each of you is judgment on yourself. That is why they, uh, when you are weak and guilty, yourself can die. But if we are judged, but if we judge ourselves truly, we will not be judged. So this qualification kind of summit is only there for, for those that are, that are here that are guests. But we want you to know we love you and we practice open with you. And what that means is you do not have to be a member of the summit. I'm not going to put that against God. I'm not going to go to God one day and God say, John, I want you accountable for the soul that is the mind, emotion, and will of people. Jesus is accountable for your salvation. And I'm not going to look at him and say, oh, I didn't let him put the word memory. I'm just not going to do that. God has given me great peace in that. If you're a believer, we, boom, come on. Come on. Resurrection. It's a refocus. If you're here and you're not a believer and you're checking this all out, I want to say So, so the Christians in this room, before you come up, I just want you to take a moment and pray. We're going to pray, and then when I get done with prayer, you just come on up. But if you're not living in this room, and it's not thank you for everything I've done. Receive Christ in you. Let's pray. Lord, I just want to speak to you now, Lord, and pray for the people in this room that might not know you as a personal Savior, Lord. And Lord, they know right now they're feeling it in their heart. It's kind of just a weird feeling in their flesh, and they're just trying to rub it off. But I want to pray right now in the name of Jesus for those people in this room that don't know you. That right now, Lord, that you have died for their sins. You were resurrected to show who you are. And that you're calling them into a relationship with you. And so, Lord, I want to pray today, right now in the name of Jesus Christ, if there is anybody in this room who knows there are no match for sin, that only Jesus Christ has said they feel it right now. They feel the uneasiness. They know that they were to die today. They know that they would not be right with you. They know it. They know it. They know it. And they're just trying to wait and rub it off. I pray today, God, in the name of Jesus Christ, if there's anyone here today who does not know you and you're working in your life, you're changing who they are, changing how they see, today I want to ask you, Jesus Christ, who's greater than anyone, who's destroyed the evil one, who's trying to lie to them now and say, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, in the name of Jesus, is there anybody in here today that would like to surrender their life to Jesus Christ? If that's them, would you just raise your hand right now? Would you just raise your hand right now in the name of Jesus if you want to surrender your life to the Lord? Just raise your hand. Resurrection causes us. 